This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome in Hawks fans. Your boy Brussels back at it again for another Believe in Hawks podcast. We are back. We are here to discuss some Atlanta Hawks basketball. Hawks coming off the last two games. Didn't talk about the game on Tuesday, but we are recapping the game from Thursday. So we're going to talk about the matchup with the Spurs. We're going to recap the game earlier this week. Um, it's I'm going blank right now who we played earlier this week, but I know a lot of people were pissed off. Cleveland. Cleveland. Cleveland earlier this week. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about storylines, like I said, coming out of this game. Uh, AJ Griffin's, you know, not playing tonight. Um, talk about the Hawks getting big game from Trey Young. Got to give Trey Young his love tonight. Did it, did what he needed to do to get this team over the hump. But against a team that's lost 12 in a row, I know a lot of fans are not satisfied right now. So we're going to dive into all that during the Leaving Hawks podcast. Like I said, guys, appreciate you guys tuning in, giving me a chance to be a part of your day. If you are new to this podcast, please subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. Or if you're listening to me through audio podcasts, go ahead, leave a review after you listen to the episode. Let me know how I'm doing. I'm trying to see if I can if I can retain some folks and keep keep growing the pod as you know, we're trying to become one of the best number one pods in Atlanta Hawks basketball podcasts that are available to you, uh, available on all uh, podcast platforms. So and don't forget to follow me on social media also at Bryce underscore 2K. For my audio listeners, it's B-R-I-C-E-Y underscore 2K as well. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. The Hawks, like I said tonight, getting a two-point win, a close win over the San Antonio Spurs, 137 to 135, another high-scoring affair, something we've been used to with the Hawks. The last two games, they haven't been able to score to that level. Tonight, they went back to that, and we got to dive into it because a lot of people are coming out of that game not happy, not impressed, not pleased with what we saw against the Spurs team. Super young Spurs team. Obviously, we saw Victor Womanyamba against the Hawks tonight. He looks like he'll be a legitimate player in a few years. Everybody has been talking about it since he came into the league. And tonight, he continues to prove why he will probably be one of, if not the best player in the league in a couple of years. Because he had a, he had a pretty solid night tonight, 21-12 against the Hawks. But, you know, but this is a Hawks podcast. We focus on the Hawks. And realistically tonight, um, this was a game where the Hawks trailed the majority of the game. They They were not in control of this game. Spurs were in control of this game. They had a very early lead, uh, double-digit lead early. Hawks kind of were cutting into it, taking leads at one point. Spurs fought back, kept the lead, but it was always within striking distance. And one thing about teams like the Spurs, a young team that's not winning, is that sometimes those are the teams that you just got to keep staying calm, keep staying patient, and play your game. And then eventually they'll make enough mistakes. The San Antonio Spurs are known for turning the ball over. And tonight they continue to live up to that bill with 21 turnovers. Hawks only turned over 10 times tonight. So they were pretty clean with the ball. But the Spurs, they were able to take advantage of the Spurs, um, turning the ball over. The Hawks are number one in second chance points in the NBA. So 
that is a strength. We've heard Quinn Snyder talk about it multiple times in press conferences, how they, they need that defense. They need those stops. They need those turnovers to lead to transition points because that's when they're at their best, which is why he plays a defensive style uh, scheme that he's implemented within this team to create those turnovers because he knows that's how they best score points when going up and down. And obviously, they're a top five pace of play team as well. So, I mean, pretty much tonight, you know, Hawks, this was not much of a defensive matchup, as you can tell. Uh, Hawks shot 51%, 42% from three. Uh, they only had 10 turnovers tonight. You know, they they had 14 steals, which was really the big thing. I mean, they they kept turning the Spurs over with those steals. A lot of Eric passes by them and the Hawks. Luckily, we're able to take advantage of that in this game. Trey Young, like I said, 45 points tonight. He had to score a bunch of points in the second half. He had to score 33 in the second half for this team to get a two-point victory over the Spurs. And I, and I think that's where we'll start because that's what I think a lot of people will come out of this game saying Trey was vintage Trey. Trey has played so much better. Last The Cleveland game wasn't a great game for him. But outside of that, he's pretty much been the Trey Young recently that we've needed from him, that people were starving for at the beginning of the year. And while we were still kind of like, you know, floating, you know, and then Trey Young was not finding a shot. Now he seems like he's found his shot. He's having more of these big offensive games. But the problem is, is that you go against, like I said, a team against the Spurs who were on a 12 game losing streak coming into this game. And you need Trey Young to give you 33 just to win by two. And he had to give you a game saving charge. He had to give you, he obviously, he was shooting free throws at the end. He was hitting clutch baskets at the end. But at the same time, you almost lost the game because you turned the ball over on the inbounds pass that led to the game-saving charge that he had to take. I mean, there, there are a lot of things from this. This is the type of game where you'll win this game and not feel good about your team. And I think that's how a lot of Hawks fans feel right now. They don't feel good about this team. So you're hanging around 500. You're just kind of staying in that, that realm, that area. And, you know, for me, we knew Jalen Johnson, the loss of Jalen Johnson would be tough. You know, and I feel like the the weaknesses of this team are more exploited without him there. Um, clearly, size was always an issue. You get smaller when you start Shadiq. Um, you know, defensively, it just seems like this team is a turnstile defensively. They're not now. Luckily, in this game in the end, they were able to get stops. But I mean, they pretty much you know Spurs were able kind of kind of able to play the game they wanted to play. Which, which I think is, which is I think a deeper issue within the team as well, is that teams are able to play the way they want to play against the Hawks because the Hawks can't put much resistance defensively. So when you have that, what the Hawks have to do with Jalen Johnson out is they have to score, and so you kind of need these games from J- Trey Young. I think we're in that point where it's like you're back where you were, where you were basically like, we need Trey Young to give us thirty a night to have a chance. If Hawks fans, you've been fan of this team since Trey Young went in this team. You remember those first couple of years when the Hawks were losing. And the only way they were even competitive in those games is that a lot of the time Trey Young had to go crazy. Trey Young had to have really a strong game, especially when he started his second year in the league on for a couple of years. He had to be great for them to have a chance. And, and this was a game that kind of made you think about that a little bit. Now, this is much different because the, the team overall offensively is better, you know, you 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 were able to get some good contributions from guys tonight. You got 24 from DeJounte Murray, the second guy, the new scorer in the game. 
second leading scorer in the game, DeJounte Murray. Uh, Bay had 13, Capella had 12. Hunter battling foul trouble tonight. Only played 22 minutes, had 12 with six. He's been good the last few games. Uh, Bogdanovich had 14 tonight. Okongu had 11. Really needed a game like this from him. He has been struggling a little bit. Seemed to follow more confidence maybe in the last game. Kind of doing some stuff here. He played 28 minutes tonight. You know, Wesley Matthews and Garrison Matthews. The Matthews is on the team. Played tonight. They gave six points combined. Uh, but, I mean, you know, realistically, you got something from other guys, and that helped you get enough to be able to win. Uh, like I said, led by Trey Young and his 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 45 points. Uh, just 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 doing what what needed to be done, as I always like to say. He did what needed to be done tonight to win the game. Um, a lot of it done at the free throw line. Had 16 free throw attempts, made 13 of them tonight. Only had two turnovers, so that's also really good for him. And, you know, to, to be able to not turn the ball over and have 14 assists. So he really played efficient with not, not with no turnovers, gave you 45. I mean, he pretty, like I said, he pretty much carried this team to this victory. Um, against the Spurs. So that, that was definitely good to see uh, from him. But, I mean, we all know moving forward, the Hawks have to improve for them to really get out of this 500, hanging around 500 rut they're in. If they're going to be able to make any forward moves in the future, they're going to have to change some things. Now, when Jalen gets back, I think a lot of people are kind of looking at this team and saying, okay, a move still needs to be made. You know, and, and I think a lot of people are concerned with – with what the outlook of this team is moving forward. Because you don't want to hang around 500 because one losing streak puts you a couple of games below, and you want a winning streak to get you a couple of ways above. But it's just this team so inconsistent, and you don't know what they're going to get. You're, you don't know what you're going to get from this team on a nightly basis. So you kind of feel like you're kind of just – you're hoping that you have an idea of what this team's going to give you, but you don't. Um, And that's tough. That's tough for sure. You know, it's, it's like I said, we are now, we are about, we are about 18 games into the season for the Hawks. And we're entering that, the one-fourth mark, I would say the 20-game mark is that one-fourth mark. You've completed one-fourth of the season. It's 82-game season. So you've, you've almost completed the one-fourth. After that one-fourth mark is when GMs, I think, start to be like, all right, so this next quarter of the season, that second quarter of the season, you're kind of entering trade deadline mode a little bit. Um, it's like it's like it, like that second quarter of the season kind of ends right before the trade deadline, like right before trade deadline does. But, you're, but that's when you start kind of being like, all right, what moves do we need to make? Um, I think the Hawks need some wing help. Clearly, I just think from a death perspective, you need wing help because because here's one thing I want to say, and I'm gonna bring up John Collins. Last year with the Hawks, you had John Collins and DeAndre Hunter, and then off the bench you had Bay and Jalen Johnson. This year you don't have JC. Jalen gets hurt, so Bay has to start, and you still have Hunter, but you have no wings. I said last year, I, I talked about this last year when I wrote articles for the SI Hawks. The team had a construction issue last year, I felt like. That's why I think Bay was so big for what they needed because 
Nate when Nate was when Nate was the coach, he wasn't playing Jalen. So really, all you had was Hunter and Collins as your wings that you trusted. And then you know you traded for Bay. He he played some, but I think clearly Jalen needed to play more. And you clearly see he's one of our most important players in today's version of this team. But now you don't have those wet wing death. So now you're having to play guys like Garrison Matthews, Wesley Matthews, and A.J. Griffin to kind of fill in for that. But I don't feel like any of those guys are true threes. I feel like they're all just guys who who are originally twos, who can play the three if needed. But not necessarily your most reliable players. Obviously, Wesley Matthews is older. Garrison is kind of a streaky-ish player. I mean, he's had some good games in his league when he gets some real time at the play, but he's pretty much just there to get some shots up. If he can hit a couple of threes, that'll be big. And then AJ's the most player with promise and potential out of all of them, um, which I'll get into in a minute about him and, and what happened tonight with that. But, you know, I, I think you got to get some wing help, clearly, just for death reasons at least. Um, you know, because if you have an injury to Hunter, if you have an injury to, you know, Jalen's hurt, like I feel like this should be telling you like, okay, we need to kind of, move some things around. We need to adjust some things. We need to switch some things up because clearly right now we are not in the best place from a deaf perspective from the wing, which is hurting you, which I think is hurting you, especially now um, with Jalen out. But, you know, if you get that fixed, you'll be fine. I think it's just a matter of, in terms of like in the front court, because the back court, you know, you pretty much know what it is. It's Trey, it's DeJounte, it's Bogey. That, that's your backcourt. That, those are the three guards he's playing every night, trusted every night. He's not going to four because DeJounte is technically the backup point. There's some positives to that. There's some negatives to that. You know, everybody has their opinions about it. So be it. But that, that's what you're looking at right now. Um, you know, and then obviously you'll have to see about the center position. I know Clint Capella has been at the ire of a lot of people this season. I think a lot of people, again, seeing a lot of frustration with Clint just about some I've, – I've, I've said this, I think, multiple times on the pod. Clint Capella has been given a green light by Snyder to be more aggressive within the team and the offense, which is why you're at least seeing him maybe take more, as some people call it, selfish opportunities, selfish shots. Or when he gets the ball, you know, they're feeding him more sometimes in that low post. Obviously, in general, that area when you're that close to the basket is a high percentage shot, usually. So it makes sense to give him the ball. But we all know Clint Capella is not that type of offensive player. (laughs) So that's why he misses bunnies and stuff. And we can go into everything he's done that's frustrated fans. But, you know, he's, he's done what he's done. Uh, and, you know, people want to know if, if, if he's a guy that could be moved to the deadline. There's, there's teams that need a center like Capella uh, that could be a potential move. Memphis, again, is a team. We don't know now because they're not great this season. They may not want to make any moves and just say we're just going to settle for lottery. But, you know, we don't know. Um, we'll see what happens, I guess, when Ja gets back for them um, and, and just kind of go from there. So, I do think some moves need to be made with this roster because the roster construction, I think, is really showing its flaws right now because you don't have size, you don't have defense in that front court, which I think is really affecting this team. And it kind of really made you realize, again, how important Jalen Johnson is and kind of think about that for a second. 
last year we were we we were still 500 without him like in terms of like him playing and being as important as he is now to us now he's gone and it's like man it's like it's just like night and day the team is different but at the same time you know one thing this team's going to be able to do is score the basketball but that's what they have to rely on to win the games which is not what you want to do in this league cuz when you go against better teams they're going to be able to play defense and if they can stop you and you can't stop them those are probably going to result in losses this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, let's go ahead and get into A.J. Griffin. Um, I know a lot of people are frustrated uh, about, again, We've talked about it before on this pod multiple times about AJ's playing time. But I'm going to be brutally honest with you guys. Like, what the Hawks need right now from that, again, from that spot, that that rotation spot for, for, for what Quinn wants, he needs guys who can shoot threes and play defense. And AJ has his struggles defensively. But at the same time, the last two games, AJ Griffin has not scored a point. He's giving you nothing offensively, playing 10 to 12 minutes a game the last two games. If you're Quinn Steiner and you're trying to win games, like you kind of have to go and play Garrison and play Wesley because Wesley, usually for the most part, he's a smart veteran player. He's played the system. He runs the offense well. He's able to get a couple of threes up a game, makes a couple of them. Play some solid defense. He, he, he's nothing special at this point in his career, but he's just he, he's a solid veteran player who does what you need him to do. You know, you know what you're getting from him, and, and he's giving you something. Garrison, I mean, he's a guy I think could be streaky. Uh, he may give you nothing, but he also could give you like three threes, four threes, <laughs> and and some and some decent defense. So, you know, you you know what you're getting from him. Um, AJ, I think, obviously, I think is the overall better player than both of those guys, clearly. But I think the issue is, is that I feel like AJ doesn't have an identity within the scheme that Quinn wants to run. Because basically, if you think about the way they use AJ, they kind of just use him as a catch and shoot guy. Which, if you remember AJ last year when he had those 20 point games, when he had those big games. He we had the ball in his hands more. He was making moves to the rim. He had a nice, you know, he had a smooth dribble, uh, handle breaking people down, getting to the rim, getting shots, getting close range. This year, it seems like within the offense and when it's been in his role, he is not ass slashed. It, that doesn't seem like that's what they want him to do. They want him to space the floor, which means they want him at the three point line, and so. I think if AJ's three's not going down, he's kind of not giving you anything offensively. And then you know he struggles defensively. So it's like, okay, if that's the case, especially with Jalen out, it almost feels like you can't put in someone who's giving you nothing, who can't stop a guy, or at least 
put up a defensive fight against a guy, but then also not score the ball. And that's why he probably went to both of the Matthews tonight. Because Wesley, I mean, as much as people complain about Wesley, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't done anything wrong. Like he hasn't been a reason why we've lost the game. He hasn't been a sore thumb on the court. He hasn't been a guy who was just like he's not like oh, what's that boy name? Was it THC? <laughs> is that is that what's no? That's a tort of, that's to, uh, sort of hooker. What's that boy name? Uh, caliber, uh, you know, Timothy, whatever his name was, we had on the team a couple of years ago. He ain't like that. He giving you negatives when he on the floor. He's not like Solo. Even though Solo great, great leadership and toughness, Solo was a negative when he hit the floor. He's not giving you negatives on the floor. So what, what, there, there really is no reason not to give him minutes. Now, yes, he's not giving you a lot, like in terms of like 10, 15 points a game or anything like that. Like you maybe wish you could get a little bit more from that, but he's not, he's not doing anything wrong. I mean, he's, he's been a, a solid veteran, you know? And then, like I said, Garrison Matthews, you know, he's a guy who, when he has some playing time in Houston and he has some good games from time to time, when he got some time to get some run and get from the offense and Garrison pretty much knows what his role is in this league. He's a catch and shoot three point shooter and just plays some spot. He's a true three and D guy. I don't think AJ is a true three and D. I think he is a player who can develop into a all around offensive player, and then just needs to improve his defense. So that's different. You know, you got to understand how you got to use guys in that way. Like you asking a guy who has a more offensive rounded offensive game to just shoot threes. So if he ain't hitting the three, we gonna assume he ain't doing nothing for you. And again, again, in this type of game, he probably feels like we need we need something from those guys, and we need some decent perimeter defense from those guys, and that's something AJ hasn't been the greatest. With. Now, some people have asked, why don't we let AJ work through it? Again, the Hawks are in a position right now where I think he's just like, listen, we just lost Jalen Johnson. I can't afford to put someone on the floor who isn't giving me something. I can't. I have to at least try different people to get something. Now, again, as you have seen this season – the rotation will change. AJ probably will get minutes again in another game. I don't know what game, but in another game, he will find playing time. So this isn't the end-all, be-all for AJ Griffin. But I think a lot of people are right. If this is the case, let's just get ready to trade him. Let's just get ready to, to move off of him and whatever trade package we make at the trade deadline for a player. Maybe Pascal Siakam because he was originally brought up in the original trade talks with, with him and DeAndre Hunter. Maybe that's still something that could happen. We don't know. But you know, it doesn't feel like AJ is going to find that now. And again, maybe for what this team needs, what AJ provides isn't what they need. I've mentioned this before. They can score 130 something points without AJ. AJ right now is giving you offense. They need defense. AJ's not giving you defense. So it's kind of hard to play him a lot, especially in particular matchups, because it's like you need defense. So you're more likely, it seems like Quint Snyder is more likely to go with Wesley Matthews and Garrison Matthews because he believes I can at least get some type of defense out of them and get maybe a couple of three-point shots. And that's really all he is wanting from them in the grand scheme of things. So, you know, I know it's tough for people, but that's kind of where we are right now with AJ. You know, and I'm a bit, I'm a fan of AJ. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a fan of him. I'm a fan of, of his game. I know what he did for us last year. I know all uh, game winners. I know the 20-point games. I know what he did against the Bucks when he finally got some run for the first time. I know all that. But you got to think about that, too. Bogey was hurt. When, when Trey was down, boom, AJ playing. 
Or like Nate really didn't want to move Bogey off the bench unit, so he just put AJ in the starting lineup. So that gave AJ the ability to get the ball in his hands and be in the actions more and get an opportunity to kind of really break down defenses and show what he can do. He's not been able to do that in the system with Quinn. So that's why you're seeing what you've seen. And that's just where we stand right now when it comes to A.J. Griffin. So we're going to have to see what happens goes on. We'll see what happens next game. You know, we'll, we'll have to see if, if, he, if they're going to go back to this again. If A.J.'s going to play, it's going to be a rotation. I know people hate the inconsistencies. They just want AJ in there every night. But that's just not gonna happen. It seems like with Quinn. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna rotate and figure out who's the best matchup for me tonight. Who, 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 who I who do I trust in this situation? Obviously, Wesley's a veteran, so he may not feel like he wants to play Wesley every single night, but we don't know. So we just gonna have to keep an eye on that. And that's just my take on the AJ Griffin stuff right now, as you know, people still continue to be a little frustrated about that. So yeah. But, like I said, we got to quickly recap the Cleveland game. I mean, it's not much to say. Hawks didn't play well. They got destroyed that game. Uh, frustrating to watch. Uh, Cleveland's size really, really took advantage. Donovan Mitchell got hot. Uh, I mean, they just didn't – and then, like I said, they just didn't get a lot of juice offensively that game from anybody. Um, so, it was a tough game for them overall i think it exposed a lot of the flaws that you know we all have kind of seen throughout the season and exposed even more like i said with jalen johnson not playing um so that's obviously been tough overall from that perspective to see that um and then i also ended their in-season tournament hopes that were very slim to begin the night with anyway um just getting blown off the floor not a good performance but i mean like i said at the end of the day, it's good they came back today, got a win. I mean, a win's a win, regardless of how it looked. It wasn't pretty, but they got a much-needed win, a win they needed to have. You know. Eh. You know. I think for me, you just you just want to continue to see this team grow. You just want to continue to see this team continue to get better. But at the same time, they also have issues they need to fix. And they got to figure out how they will fix. So that's that's the big thing for this Hawks team. Right now, you're if I look at the standings right now, the Hawks are currently today uh 99. They're currently ninth in the conference. So they would be a playing team, which is where they've been the last two years. Which, if they stay around 100, they will stay around that. Now, like I said, still the beginning of the season. Technically, the Hawks are only five games out of first place, technically. So, I mean, it's, I mean you know, Hawks like win three, and then they're immediately now up to, like, top six. You know, you're not that far away from <laughs> getting up there. It's just you got to put some wins together, put some good performances together. That's the key to everything. Got to put something together to be able to get there. But the Hawks have a tough schedule coming up, man. It's really going to test this team. It's really going to test this team. I know a lot of people were – some people thought with the in-season tournament next week having their next round, oh, the Hawks get a week off because there was a, a week where the Hawks don't have games. Well, so sad. Hawks have games. That was just because the NBA needed to basically rearrange the schedule 
who's into the tournament. We got to take whoever, you know, whoever off the schedule and put maybe, so maybe I don't know the logistics. I haven't read up on it. I just know they have games next week. So I'm assuming maybe a game they were supposed to have against Philly later in the year. They're moving up to now. I don't know. <laughs> they're maybe they're moving up to now. So that way they can fill that week for the play, for those teams. But I'll get into it. So Saturday, they play the Bucks. Obviously, a team Hawks always seems to be a very competitive game, always seems to be a very, um, you know, they always get up for that team. And, the, and then it's back in Milwaukee. Bucks remember what happened last time. But Hawks handled them on their floor. They have played better since then. Um, so you know they're looking to bounce back uh, and get revenge. So we'll have to see how the Hawks come out in that game. Remember, they're still in a five-game uh, road trip that ends Saturday, luckily, um, in Milwaukee. Actually, that's a cap. Four-game road trip. <laughs> uh, then they play Brooklyn again next Wednesday. We and Because they get Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off. So they get three days off. They play Brooklyn again. We Overtime classic. Wild game last time they played them. You know, so they'll play Brooklyn one more time. That was announced for next Wednesday, 730. And then Friday, they played the Philadelphia 76ers. Last time they played, Sixers handled the Hawks. This time the Hawks are in Philly. See how that goes. So none of these games are gimme games. All these games, these this this could be an 0-3 stretch for the Hawks if they don't if they don't come out to play. And then you got the defending champs that following Monday in the number nuggets. So the Hawks have a have have are entering a, a pretty it's not like crazy. Yeah, we're we're in a battle right now. It's, you know, you're playing against teams who are just as competitive as you right now. You got to get ready to ball. And you got to get ready to play. So that that's as simple as it gets. You got to be ready to come out and, and play better basketball. So, like I said, I know tonight wasn't the most impressive win, but they got the win. And that's what matters. They got the win. Back to 500. Trey Young with a masterful performance tonight. Big for him to get that type of performance for this team. And they just got to figure it out from this point. So they just got to continue to see how things go. Uh, leave your comments down below what you think about the performance tonight, what you want to see from this team, observations, everything like that. Love to hear from you guys. Um, obviously, like I said, don't forget to follow me on Twitter, Bryce underscore 2K, for all my Hawks takes, Falcons takes on there. Uh, also, thank you for listening to Believe in, Pod- Believe in Hawks podcast. If you're listening on YouTube, please don't forget to subscribe to this uh, my channel so you can get all your Believe in Hawks podcast episodes when they are uploaded. So, like I said, guys, good win for the Hawks tonight. Go Hawks. We'll have to see what happens next time. So, it's your boy Bryce Lewis. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.